many thoughts crossed my mind uh, uh, during this but i did stick to one because it seemed inherently very interesting to what you were speaking and uh, i don't know whether it is intuitive or just luck by chance that what i am thinking of your answer comes on tapering down to almost a very parallel track if not similar and sometimes even same so uh, i want to contextualize a bit so that uh, i am clearer uh, uh, my request would be because you speak so many good things then one part of that answer is all that i can respond to and then by then uh, you have already spoken about something equally weighty and then weighty so i am thinking no i would want uh, the audiences to get some time to reflect on what you are saying so if you could uh, manage to answer in a manner where we have some space around it to reflect uh, surely from the audience perspective because i go on a completely different track is my reaction to every word that you are saying is is there an inherent connection to uh, so which is possible that some of, some people in the audience might be doing the same thing uh, while you were talking uh, somehow uh, you used the word success somewhere which also triggered how we kind of started the discussion that uh, if one were to define one space uh, would it be uh, when we were discussing what we would speak on uh, in one line so my uh, whatsapp message to you at that point of time was whether uh, defining success was connected to uh, defining the pace of my life in some manner so uh, here when you were speaking one of the thoughts that came to me was because i used the word knowledge and ignorance prior to this uh, answer ignorance generally is seen as a very negative term but somewhere during your answer you used the word uncertainty and some synonyms of it i want to start with a with a story uh, there's a uh, book called stillness flowing uh, that that book is on ajan chah's life who was quote unquote my words the buddha of our age if one were to call him uh, uh, in the forest monk tradition he is one of the foremost names and some of the biggies that we have today uh, who speak in the buddhist circuit uh, have been in his students so this book called stillness flowing is written by ajan jaisaro and there is one story in it that when uh, he went through 10 the last 10 or 12 years of his life he was almost bedridden or in a very very bad shape ajan cha and so much so that uh, there were two monks looking after him while he was just bedridden um, so once uh, the king or some higher authority was coming to see him and for security purposes uh, two guys came and checked on uh, that security wise it was proper so they refused to remove their shoes before getting into that cabin or whatever in spite of being told by everybody else not to do so so every time they went with their shoes on inside the cabin their uh, transmitters refused to work and this went on for quite some time till the time they kind of decided that they they were okay with it and they removed their shoes they had their protocol uh, but they removed it and once they went it it worked perfectly fine 
which is kind of attributed to some kind of um, miraculous lesson learning uh, from Ajahn Shah perhaps. But that was not the important part of the story for me. Here the context to me was very often uh, we look at uh, knowledge as being quote-unquote non-fluid. It's like cast in stone. This is what I know. This is what is right. And uh, Ajahn Shah, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, gave a lot of emphasis to uncertainty. He says the one thing that will benefit you a lot in your practice is if you reconcile yourself to the fact that whatever you know at any point of time is uncertain. If you want to reach any level of certainty in your life, which is the state of enlightenment or whatever goal that you're seeking, whatever you know at any point of time, you've got to be uncertain of it. And this example to me, uh, that the story that I narrated to me was more an example of that kind that you come from a sense of authority. You have a worldview which is of a certain manner, which is something that you also spoke of that we need to do a lot more experiments. But on an individual basis also very often, uh, see when, I said, when we started talking about that we would have these kind of conversations on and off if any of us felt there was something that we could speak on. The confidence that I could trust you to be honest and truthful was the most important part of my proposal. Now that every week I've been speaking to you, the new knowledge is, oh, uh, you bring a certain sense of uh, connections between a lot of thinkers that you have read and followed or interacted with. Uh, and I try to be calm and not get overwhelmed by the amount of knowledge that is being shared in such a quick manner on a platform that is uh, being recorded so I do not have time to reflect and ask quote unquote what would be assumed as a stupid question. Oh, I didn't understand this. Uh, having said that, there is also the confidence and in my own honesty and integrity to follow what is being said. Be honest if I do not understand anything. I just park it there because I may have a question running. That's a separate thing. But in the sense of not knowing, not intimidating me. So this is where I'm coming to that question and the connection back to success. That this talk works for me because I am not enamored by my own or your wisdom but it is a genuine seeking ground for both of us to figure out, okay, is this what it means? Or is this what it is leading to? Now that knowledge that is uh, blessing us at this point of time, for want of a better term, is just leading us down the rabbit hole the way it wants. Uh, we both do not have a handle on it. The most we can say is we are trying to be perceptive, intuitive and grasp the unsaid and give it some words to help each other understand. And then together thinking that if we put this out, somebody somewhere will benefit from this and build on this or uh, respond to us or, or, or build and just give it back to the world. Uh, or just be peaceful or happy or joyous that this kind of understanding exists. Uh, 
So my question to you is, is ignorance, now I use ignorance in this fairly wide sense of the term, not uh, in a discriminatory way where I'm looking down upon it. I'm saying, okay, let me use the word uncertainty to go with what you said and what Ajahn Chah has spoken about. Is uncertainty a friend? And if it is, how do we how do we counter the various barriers within to befriend this uncertainty? Because there is doubt, there is fear, there is this love of certainty. <laughs> you would want to know. Why would you be happy about not knowing? I would love it if you can personalize this for us because in the last two chats we've had, you've spoken about these 11 years and it intrigues me uh, to know in particular if you've had something where this penny drop happened or something that would help understand why you quote unquote mellowed down if I were to use the term I'm, I'm unsure whether it's the right term but in a way mellowed down on the ego front or on the seeking front at some point in fact I think in the last chat you mentioned that no, I thought I was a seeker, but I wasn't. Now, that is a huge uh, jump known from personal experience many times. It's not even a single jump, I would think. Very often you go ahead and look back in retrospect and you think, what was I thinking? This wasn't even the right track of thought. So, again, is uncertainty a friend? And uh, how does one go about befriending this very, very difficult emotion. Um. I don't know what the answer is going to be as I as I heard the question. To that extent, I can say that right now I'm already in the uncertain mode. As I try to make sense of the question that Bunty has landed, I am in an uncertain mode as to what the question uh, what what could be of uh, an honorable, a dignified response to what Bunty has just said. As this is, as this is uncertain, the question that to my mind is, uh, what's happening in my body right now? I don't have the answer. Uh, so I know for a fact that 11 years back, if I was in a similar situation, I would have been super anxious to want to be, you know, right and apt and intelligent and certain. Um, I I can lay it out, and it's for people to believe or not that I do not have that right now. That I'm okay. That if I don't answer this question. 
And I don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes, honestly. But I'm okay if I were to, by the end of a few sentences or hundred of them, if I were to say, I still don't have an answer. And I think that uh, that expression, if it is integrated inside, if it is coming from inside, one would be at ease with it. But if it is a put-up show, that I'm saying it because it's a performance, you know, the screen is on, the camera is on, and I have to perform, then somewhere I'll know that, that it's hollow inside. It'll make me anxious. It'll make me insecure and fearful of this itself. Uh, so that's my first intuition on what you just shared. Um, the second intuition is when I began this journey on 1st of September 2012, I thought I know what I want. I thought that, you know, what is missing in the world is uh, there are some very deep questions. I just need to collect those set of questions and then somebody would have answered it. I just need to find kisne answer kiya. Usko thoda samajna hoga. And I need to put them together. And the only thing which I was foolishly thinking genius of, of myself, was that I thought that because those answers may be different, they're not on the single page, I just need to bring them on the single page. So imagine even this question, you know, is uncertainty a friend? Suppose this question was, Put up on a chat GPT. I'm just hypothetically putting it. I thought that I would have a version of chat GPT in, in my small app that I wanted to create in 2012, where you put that question and then suddenly you'll get an answer. Buddha meant this. Krishna said this. Uh, Mahavir said this. Guru Nanak said this. Plato said this. Aristotle said this. I just could put them on a single page and then people will be good enough to judge ki, you know, kya hai, sahi hai, galat hai, jo bhi hai. Yeah. I think it's not the, it's not the dearth of information. Uh, it's two things. One is, I think, uh, Let, let me start somewhere else. I think, uh, let me first look at the rubric of friend and non-friend and then certainty and uncertainty. I think the rubric of friend is, friend is an interesting, uh, uh, interesting social construction, social phenomena in human existence, I feel. Because uh, there is a certain level of choice that you have to be a, to make friend. You know, to be somebody's friend or to make someone as a friend. The choice you generally don't have with your family because you brought into that family and you have that kinship or you're supposed to have the kinship. Uh, there's a certain texture to the kind of friendships that we all experience. Now, some of them may be universal and some of them may be very uh, mythological also. Uh, you know, there's this thing called unconditional friendship, like you have unconditional love. There's this thing of uh, being able to share things with friends, which you don't share with many people sometimes. Uh, but I'm also very wary that, you know, UK is the only country in the world which has Ministry of Loneliness. Uh, 
and uh, a particular course in America almost a decade ago said that one in four Americans do not have a close friend. That tells me something. You know, why do you require a ministry of loneliness? And why does one person in four in America does not have a close friend? Something, something there, you know, something that needs to be probed a little more. Uh, which means I think we are already bad at friendship. Or we do not understand what is friendship. Or we need to go a little more deeper to understand friendship and live the friendship. Uh, sometimes it's not the question of understanding. Don't put too much of mind, just live the friendship. That's also okay for some people. So that's one rubric that I that I want to invoke. Uh, on, on certainty and uncertainty, and I'll try and come back and tie them together if, if it happens. Uh, on certainty and uncertainty, I remember uh, I was having this conversation with Margaret Heffernan. Uh, she's been recently inducted in Thinkers 50 of the world. And uh, one of her very interesting books that came out just before COVID was the book titled Uncharted. Uh, the book actually is about how to deal with uncertainties. Uh, Uncharted, as the, as the title suggests, it's not charted. You know, you, you can't put charts around them. Right? They think these things just show up uh, and, and then you have to deal with them. Uh, so there is adaptive certainty, maladaptive certainty, adaptive uncertainty and maladaptive uncertainty. I think what we are seeking as humans is more and more of adaptive certainty and adaptive uncertainty. And either wishing away the maladaptive certainty and uncertainties or having the resilience or ability to handle them. In the service of this, what we are doing in terms of our capability building understanding our own self, our choice of goals, our choice of people that we hang around with, what we put in our into our minds through these small screens, big screens, what we eat, uh, how's our movement, how's our sleep, all of that, there are these multi-factors that work together for us to be able to, uh, to deal with own self and outside. And last bit, I think there is certainty and uncertainty inside and there is certainty and uncertainty outside. So you get two by two, certainty inside, certainty outside, certainty inside, certainty out, uncertainty outside, uncertainty inside, uncertainty outside, uncertainty inside, certainty outside, right? I think we have all four experiences. It's just that we don't put them into buckets. We don't do journaling. Uh, we should do, I, mean, I would strongly encourage doing some practices around just putting some thoughts around ki isme kya hua aaj ke din, isme kya hua, isme kya hua. And what I have realized is, uh, while I do need to work outside to put some kind of certainty, which you know our humanity has achieved so much. Like today you're sitting in a room, you don't have to worry a tiger will suddenly come into your uh, drawing room, right? So you put certain... You put certain, look at the word we are using, you put, in, you put a certain structure in place to take care of some of the wild so that you are able to domesticate and create a friendly atmosphere around. Right? So temperature is just about right, lights just about right, telecom bandwidth is right. So there is a certain level of certainty that we have already achieved as human beings. Uh, but we are either taking it for granted or we are not grateful enough. While all of this is there, 
our our experience with uncertainty and our skill with uncertainty needs an upgradation, uh, which means to expect it to happen or consider it as normal, and then seeing how we are building our capability to uh, help each other, help our own self. Uh, and last bit, uh, on the aspect of friendship, I mean, uh, I don't know, I think it was Pascal. Uh, just when COVID broke out, uh, uh, a quote would do around, you know, there were a lot of quotes. Uh, nowadays, we are all, you know, we, we share a lot of quotes with each other um, di with different intentions and stuff. But one quote that came across was Pascal, I think he said that man's biggest problem is, uh, and I'm just, uh, I may be wrong and uh, I may not get it go back in, but what he was saying is man's biggest problem is the inability to uh, shut up and sit in a small room all by his own self. And the reason why we are not able to do that is we are not our own good friends in the first place. So I think if we become our own good student, our own good friend, our own good ability to manage our own inner certainty and uncertainty, our ability to then show up for these things outside might be differently shining and graceful, is what I feel. It's a beautiful. Uh, you started with uh, a lot of beauty. And uh, it's so beautiful how we did land up at getting an answer to the original question, although uh, you refused to jump to the temptation of giving a clever and an intelligent answer, uh, which would have been lovely as well. Uh, because I, <clears throat> I believe what happens has its own uh, merit in terms of facticity of the moment as well. While we are quick to judge uh, this or that, uh, I think there is no discarding the beauty of what is in the moment uh, as much as one can deal with. Uh, I was smiling because you did mention that in this um, space that I've created, <clears throat> So a wild animal or a tiger could not come in or, um, well, a monkey has been doing the rounds of my building for quite a few days. And uh, the other day, my mom was outside. I was kind of sleeping in an extended sleep. I had finished my uh, whatever work. And in the morning, I was taking a nap or something. And she started screaming because the monkey decided that it was time for our flat to be honored. And he had come in and she was screaming. And the first thing I did when I jumped out of my bed and went till there, was asked my mother to calm down. I said, he will do what he is doing, but you calm down first so that we can figure out what needs to be done. I just looked at him and he looked at me and he decided that he wanted to leave the flat and luckily he went away and I ensured that he was not waiting in the balcony. He went away, caught the railing and went to some other side. Uh, when you were speaking, I realized... Uh, uh, the housemaid had come right now and she wanted to clean the room but she saw that I was busy and she just went off right almost at the moment while you were describing that I have made certain that this space will not be compromised in terms of the video going on without any stopping. But uh, the beauty of your answer and this experience itself that I 
I've been mentioning in the present moment itself was also that I wasn't worked up about her coming here or me looking at her because there was nothing I could do about it. One of the learnings I've had about uncertainty is when you start factoring uncertainty in your inherent certainty, it leaves you free to be surprised and uh, does not shock you as often. Of course, there are days, there are off days, there are uh, mindset issues. You may be troubled by something else, so you are not calm and quiet. Or, But practice over a period of time when you are willing to look at all the uncertainties that keep happening inherent in human existence, if not all of existence. Uncertainty because we don't know. Uh, and we are, I think, like the primordial man, very, very enraged by the fact that we do not know and we would want to be in control of the situation and we would want to know. And that's why terms like harnessing nature and conquering nature and we refuse to be humble about being part of nature. So what's wrong if you don't understand some part of it? So what's wrong if we do not have control of a particular situation? Uh, even in a quote-unquote wise conversation that we are supposedly having, uh, where the depth of thought has a lot of meaning and uh, unlike my regular podcast, which may uh, cause us to uh, joke or laugh sometimes, here we are you know, seriously trying to pursue a line of thought to understand what's coming up. We're still quite okay with this occasional not knowing. Like you started the question surprising me saying, hey, look, I don't have anything to say. I said, okay. I did not expect that to, again, I, I had no answer in mind, but I knew that some answer would come up. But when you said that you did not have an answer and to me, that was the most beautiful way of putting across, look, the answer itself is uncertain. So I do not want to commit myself. So in respect of your question, I will try thinking aloud. If we reach somewhere, well and good. But I am not guaranteeing you an answer even at the end, end of this uh, pontification, if that's the word for it. We may reach somewhere with it and we may not. Uh, so one last thing that is coming to mind with this is that uh, if you could also comment on it, would be nice. Do you think humility uh, plays a huge part in this seeking uh, because at, at least in my experience, every time I have gone thinking that I know or even if I have understood, in spite of the fact that I may have understood it, the pride of having understood whatever ABC that seeking led me to, I have found it trips me the moment I try to be very sure about it. So if I stand and say we are in a boardroom discussion and I'm making a proposal or I'm talking to you about something, I like to think that it's only a proposal. Let me not be too sure about it. Let's just hear out what the other people are saying. Uh, last night itself, I had gone for a walk and I think, I don't know, there was a girl and a boy fighting and the girl was screaming on the road. And I mean screaming. They were alone and I was walking through a dark patch. But she was screaming and in Marathi, she said, said the word that you'd never listen to what is being said. 
and i actually prayed for them as i went forward not that they were fighting uh, in a tradition they had quite a lot of distance between them so i wasn't too worried that it will get physical or something but the screaming was very high level and my heart went out to her and to him not knowing what was the scenario obviously i just heard that one line and this ability of the same thing the humility to hear what nature is trying to tell us or what our own self is trying to tell us about ourselves uh, you also mentioned the beautiful quote during <laughs> which was doing the rounds during covid times the ability to sit just to sit it's okay even in meditation i think sometimes we get caught up into saying that i will meditate now <laughs> not knowing that the mind may decide it will not you may have a restless half an hour one hour whatever you're trying the object of your meditation is evading you completely it happens very often it happens the ability to accept that and saying okay i do not know uh, do you want to say anything about the humility it involves it involves and can it be a conscious choice uh, even if you were to bring up something you did in your last answer uh, bring it up in your personal experience because you deal with a lot of thoughts and it's kind of your professional offering also so very often you would be sitting with people across the board uh, high flying executives where you would want definitely want to sound impressive uh, and intelligent and wise how do you ensure that you you allow to allow the humility to be at the center of what you are offering or Uh, is there any such thing at all or is that a process how does it work in your case yeah. i think there is an uh, in the writing of the book that that happened uh, there were a bunch of uh, what we call as devices that we were using that would aid at least they have aided in my journey uh, okay two of them uh, that that comes to my mind right now is most of the words you know the word like humility uh, we need an archaeological level of excavation of such concept over a period of time to even understand what it could stand for in absence of it doesn't mean that we can't do anything that's not the uh, invocation okay um, i think different uh, so uh, uh, this is where i think some some things at least became you know when i began uh, uh, the journey in 2012 and then we tried creating app and then we tried creating a fitness league a mind body soul kind of thing then we were lucky to do thank you india uh when we were doing uh uh when we were doing those things i remember having one specific conversation by the with the then thane commissioner we were working very closely with police for something 
mm-hmm. as a social experiment and uh, uh, i would catch myself using the following phrase which is if love cannot solve it nothing can uh and for a few years i would literally try to use that as a filter to you know oh this is not getting solved love will solve it compassion will solve it uh i will put humility again in the same rubric you know love compassion humility gratitude or humor play um over the years in my own personal journey i have realized one meta principle so while there are principles and beliefs so i can say there is meta principle meta belief that uh whatever i hold and i i can speak for myself whatever i hold as you know supreme or over indexed uh i need to know that it's contextual its application is contextual and the word, the, the word contextual here is very interesting at least for me that if i take up a role of a ceo then i need to be i need to be aware that my decisions my choices will have both positive and negative implications internally and externally and when i take the decision in the act of deciding itself that decision might be seen as humble or non humble the decision itself might be value laden example if somebody says uh for the company to survive this particular person who's not being able to you know after a, after a series of interventions and possibilities if this person this team this product this geography this key account is not really turning around and it jeopardizes the rest of the organization then i will have to take a call and when i take that call some people might see it as non humble right so 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 how people view my actions and speech is one aspect of humility even this what i'm speaking right now some people might see it as arrogance and yeah. you know we can we can both put our hats and we can say that you know this particular expression this micro expression actually is is an arrogant uh way why is this person holding you know is he holding a mic you know he's holding a thing why is he holding it like this is he holding a mic that's arrogance right so my speech and actions are subject to people's intersubjectivity and they may see it as not real that's one rubric the other rubric is what i feel and think about my own speech and actions is also important it's very much possible that i may i may feel and think that my current response is not a non humble it's humble but somebody may come across and say no it's non humble then there is there is bound to be a discord uh that's one bucket of what is emerging bulky uh 
you know, it is, uh, I, I don't know whether Bruce Lee meant uh, the following also, because I think one of his famous invocation was be like water, be water, my friend, be water, my friend. And I think one of the invocation was to be able to be agile enough and, uh, you know, uh, because of water, yeah. And if you really look at the, the the metaphor of water, the water doesn't think ki if a kilometer down there is a rock, I will behave like this. I think the, the water is responding even as the rock is appearing, right? So it's responding to the immediate. And there is a there is a certain kind of dance that can be achieved uh, in being immediately responsive or responsive to the immediate. Uh, the flip side is one man's humility uh, could be another man's wimp or cowardice. That's again intersubjectivity. If I don't take a decision, certain leaders in the world today are leaders because they're seen as decisive, more vocal, more decisive, more expressive. Right? Uh, so I think we live, we have to deal with intersub we have to deal with the following. One is uh, how others feel and see and pursue, perceive you, but your own reflection of your own self. And of course, taking constructive uh, feedback and criticism from others also. It's not to say that put a wall and say whatever you think and feel is right. I'm not saying that. Second, if we are drafted and if we have chosen some roles, we'll, we'll be called into taking those decisions and actions and choices. They will have an element of your ability to display some kind of conviction in why you're doing that and why you're not doing something else. And be ready for the consequences, whatever be the outcome. And the third is, uh, there is, because a lot of people are, are unable to deal with uh, their insecurities, fears, jealousy, anxiety, ignorance, they are in overawe of somebody who's more the opposite of all of this who's more confident, who's more expressive, who's more high decibel, who's chest thumping. Uh, so yeah, I think that's what is emerging for me right now. I I know I haven't really responded to your question, but these are some of the things emerging. No, you did. Uh, I think my, uh, my question was more about oneself and one's point of view vis-a-vis -vis the entire uh, quote-unquote, the word that you use, archaeology of humility that you very nicely actually answered, uh, although I was not going to ask that question considering that we spent a lot of time today. Uh, but you answered that question. What did you mean by that archeology span of the term? So there is my point of view, there is the other's point of view, there is this maybe even the situational point of view where both of us may be seeing opposing points of view because the situation is such. Um, I. Uh, want to end on uh, one answer that you did not give here, but which is inherent to part of how you do things, is uh, you use the word inter and co uh, very liberally whenever you're defining things. I think that's a very instinctive way of you to bring humility into the situation because you are always proposing that you are not, not alone in the deciding of what it means in this moment. So because of the certain inherent uncertainty and humility of that moment that we are co-hosting this or we are co-creating this moment or there is this inter 
dependence on each other for these thoughts to emerge. Uh, I think uh, that is also one of the answers that came to me while you were answering that, oh, you do uh, use it as a practice. And uh, it's a good way to start re-looking at things in our lives. Uh, and that's all from me as of right now. I'm not asking you any more questions. So this can go on forever. But thank you so much. There's a lot of uh, reflections. And I'm glad that we are having these conversations because these are leading to uh, my own better understanding of how I see things and uh, how perhaps uh, further nuances can be brought into uh, understanding my own self or the propositions you are making or re-looking at the, at the terms. Because as a writer, one thing I have understood is that all words are quote-unquote false because they are only trying to reach the ultimate truth. And somewhere or the other, they are always going to fall short because of contextual reasons, my perception, your perception, their meaning in this age and time. So there is there is just too much of ambiguity and uncertainty to go back to. Uh, but I'm glad we are having these discussions. Uh, thank you for giving your time. Um, Thanks a lot, Bhaji. <laughs>